Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This episode, we're speaking with Jake Smythe and Kenny Graham from Mary's Burgers, The Unicorn, The Lansdowne, and PNV about being authentic and giving a fuck while you run your business. Sweet. Welcome to the Food Fight Podcast. We're back uh, for another episode. My name's Steph Postuma, joined by Simon Evans. Hello. And we find ourselves here sitting in the green room of the Lansdowne Hotel in Chippendale, Newtown, with Jake Smythe and Kenny Graham from Mary's, Lansdowne, the Unicorn, uh, Mary's Underground, PMV. list <laughs> them. Hi. G'day, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Um, to begin, we uh, would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather today. So we acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather and talk today. And we'd like to pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. All right, guys. Uh, there's so much to talk about with you guys. I mean, is there? I'm not sure there is. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably get this done in ten minutes if you fucking want to quick fire it out. Do you like burgers? Nah, yeah. smash it. Out. <laughs> you sick of talking about burgers? Yep. <laughs> Let's fucking bring on the good questions. Yeah. Let's do it. Avoid burgers. All right. Well, look. We try to pick a, a, a topic. Oh, <laughs> just crunching up, yeah, just, like, just no, tearing no, of paper no. noises, <laughs> just throwing it all around. <laughs> Swing it, Steph. Wing it. We try to we try to follow some kind of thread through these podcasts. We definitely go on tangents and yeah. things like that as well. But I think that one thread that is found through the work that you guys do is like actually giving a fuck, essentially, in the businesses that you own because. The hospitality industry, and what we want to talk about is that the hospitality industry is challenging enough as it is. It's really bloody hard. And there's a lot of people out there who try to build conscience, ethics, social responsibility, and those sorts of things into what they do. But it's such a fucking hard industry that it's really, really challenging. And you guys have done it successfully. And that's awesome. And it can be unique as well. Not everyone can make it in thinking about these things. So... Let's talk about it. And we're going to start um, with where you guys started, Mary's. Like, did you, guys, did you guys sit down and have a conversation and say, 
here are the values that that underpin what oh, we're doing. Where we're making burgers. Yeah, we but did. Like, like <laughs> five years after we opened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's interesting that you you've prefaced that by saying that you give a fuck, and I think something that Mary's is famous for is this "don't give a fuck" attitude. But it's but you've got it right. It's about not giving a fuck about what is going on around you, and just caring about what you care about. And that, that's like the idea of just pursuing that holistically and not giving a fuck what people think, what the industry thinks, even what the customers think to a degree. Like we, you hope that they'll, they'll jump on board because you're doing good things. But yeah, like we don't give a fuck because we, <laughs> we, we don't give a fuck about these other things. We don't give a fuck <laughs> about the things that don't matter. Mm. Yes. You know, and we've do, I think what we've done is we've over time... We st- at the start we had a we had a general sense about what mattered and we've distilled it down further and further to a point now where we are very emphatic around what matters to us. We know what's black, what's white. We know where the grey area is. We embrace the grey area so we can find more black and white about what's right and what's wrong for us. But it it when you distill it right down, the core of what we care about is quite small. It's very intense and it's very um, it, it's it's very important to us um but we really don't give a fuck about the other things mm. i could not give a fucking flying fuck about what table x thinks about the noise volume in my venues <laughs> i care a great deal about what i'm putting in front of them i care a great deal about where the animals have come from i give a great i care a great deal around the environment in which the wine is is created and 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 grown I care a great deal around the fact that there's not poker machines in the next room. I care a great deal that upstairs there's fucking there's young bands being supported through their infancy. But I couldn't give a shit that they've got a fucking problem with the lighting or the music. That's and for me that they could care about that that would be the deciding factor around supporting me or pulling up what we create down. Like you, you could not find someone who's less interested. Mm. And I think that's that that's that dichotomy that, that's that balance that raises edge of. Yeah, we do have a reputation. Don't give a fuck. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but we care so deeply about what we're creating. Mm. So you think the, the fact that you went into it just being like, we don't give a fuck about all these peripheral things that a lot of time hospitality venues do, that actually gave you more focus and more time to give a fuck about the things that yeah. you guys found I important. Think, like, one thing Jake touched on there, like the dist- distillation of, um, you know, what you do, it's... I don't understand how people operate restaurants or venues with large menus, like just different offerings. Like we do like three things really simply and really well. It's like, you know, like the burgers and fried chicken, like live music and service. And that's it. And we just really concentrate on that. And it's one of the other things we really care a lot about is the, you know, we want the customers to be treated, you know, honestly, respectfully and empathetically. But, you know, it's, it's our duty to, treat people right when they come into our home but the same the same uh on the same notion like when people have been disrespectful in their venues we'll kick them out and so we said we told them there's no bill for you tonight we don't want your money but get the fuck out because you're being so rude to the staff and your friend like and your friends yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like some yeah. people are just their behavior is absurd yeah it's a two-way two-way street with customers and and you've got to respect each other like well if they chose to come into our house yeah and that's you the know thing is, and like there's a, there is an onus on people like if you want to have a busy venue you've got to people treat people with respect but at the at the at the fundamental breakdown of it 
you know, customers have a choice not to come back. They've chosen to come in. So, like, what you get is what you get. Like, you can't... Like, what's that adage? Yeah, get upset. Yeah, yeah, you get what we got. But we've got two young... We've got well, four young kids between us. You get what you get and you don't get upset. And, like, and that's it. And it's between... That's a pact between the punter and the, and the customer. When customers don't get what they want, it's an insane fucking idea that every venue that they walk through, that they get exactly what they want. Yeah. Like, what is it that you want? You want your own way all the time? Well, that's just an insane way to walk through life. So mm. Imagine me going through and getting pissed off that fucking my strawberry-flavoured fucking Tim Tams aren't in stock and <laughs> kicking off at the fucking people at Coles or Arnott's for not supplying them anymore. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You're mm. a tiny part of this world and you're just walking through like, it's too loud, you've run out of burgers. Fuck off. Like, yeah. it's and a ridiculous thing. You, you can't please everyone either, so you have to pick what you, don't want what to. you like do and you then let, let people come. Want to please everyone? Neither no, do I. That's exactly. the thing. It's like if you're if you're pre- pleasing everyone all the time, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Like it's and part of the thing of kicking out assholes from your restaurant is that the people that really love the venue see you do that, and they tell they tell their friends. Well, there's that, that's, the, that's the values of this place. Mm. Yeah. And then you get surrounded by good people. And the we got we got we, they, they, there was a bunch of Christians who tried to cancel us last year around Easter because uh, someone put up a really offensive post about Jesus, which was also very funny. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's amazing. But but the, but this is what happened. We got the, Kenny guys get, like they're getting threatened. In, like, I mean, oh, wow. they're really? threatening a racist it's bloody mum, which is that's a pretty bloody that's a that's, that's a whole yeah, lot of them. Still asking if my mum was a fag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this came from. We're laughing about it now. At the time, we got calls from the coppers saying, hey, listen, um, we've heard about this. You guys okay? Do you need anything from us? Like Newtown Police, shout outs, fucking legends. (laughs) But look, the point to it is, is is the community, our actual community rallied around us and they started turning up in such numbers. We had a busiest weekend ever. And that's a fucking great deal. That's saying a lot in six years of Mary's Newtown. Yeah. Mm. So we, we were inundated with people coming down just saying, we want to be next to you, we want to support you. And that's where you fucking know what you've created. Through COVID, you know, we have seen an outpouring of emotion and time and money and willingness to be in uncomfortable situations from our customers and our community because we've built that exact relationship with them. They've seen us throw out the fucking idiots. They've seen us stand up for what we believe is right and we've found a common thread with them. And that yeah. we've created that over, you know, years. So our ethics are developing, but they're also consistent. And there was there was a real um, on that the people that supported us through the uh, the whole Jesus scenario. Um, <laughs> but there was there's a lot of like God fearing folk mm. who came in and was were saying to us and the sort of the staff like, you know, we're here because what they're doing to you is not good. Yeah, like, to be clear, like, we don't hate Jesus. I don't have yeah, a fucking not, opinion on we it. We both grew up going to... That was the whole thing. It was like, we both grew up uh, like joke. different <laughs> levels. Jake, Jake very much grew up in the church. I used to have to go to church every Sunday. But it's like, we're kind of taking the piss at ourselves. And it's just got it got turned into this huge thing. But I got slain in the spirit. And Kenny used to fucking do drawings, coloring drawings of Noah. Jesus at Sunday school, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I was purple Jesus this week. I think that makes you qualified to put that post up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's right. like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they were like, you would never say that about Muslims. It was like, that's well, not our culture. That's, that's, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, you're, just, you're taking, that, like that. You're taking yeah. that somewhere else. And it was, you know, we, we had another, a similar scenario, not as uh, media heavy, but we, oh, we got this hymn board from a, a, a salvation shop, like architectural salvation place. And so we made the, the you know, you put the letters up to put the, the hymns numbers normally. 
So what do you do? He got one. The first thing he put up is fuck Trump. And, then, <laughs> and this American dude was in or something and then like must have treat, uh, tweeted it or something. I think to he was wearing a bald a, eagle t-shirt yeah, and yeah, a fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Bandanas. He had like eight bandanas on. But, it, and then, <laughs> but he put it on like a Reddit thread. And next thing you know, we had like, oh, not a heap, but we got like 21 star reviews from yeah, like, right. like you know, Michigan at 3 or 9 a.m. <laughs> saying that the menu was too big. <laughs> one star. Like, you've obviously never been here. It's uh, <laughs> hilarious. You can wear Trump supporters one star reviews as a fucking badge of honor. Oh, man. Like, like, yeah, the yeah, more of them, the better. Oh, fucking bring those on. <laughs> it was, that was hilarious, though. But, but again, we got, we got the counterbalance. People were mm. like seeing it. And like, uh, we, like we called it out and people were just giving us five. We're the king of one and five star reviews. <laughs> so we always say it's all we get. Ones and fives. Shove your four stars up your ass. <laughs> Have an opinion for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. So let me take you back though, because I think that like what you, what you guys are talking about is the community that you've created around what you guys do. Um, whether that's pubs or burgers or, or, or anything else that you do. But like, did you guys have a have a thought? Did you guys before you opened the first Marys? Did you did you look around and think there's a group of people here who like music, who like getting pissed, who like swearing, who like being fucking yeah, Australian pissheads? Well, yeah, exactly. Like we just these the are the type of these are the type of people we we want to to build around us. We like we were literally building a bar that we would want to drink at in our in our backyard. We lived in, in the inner west. We worked in Surrey Hills. And there was nothing around our own neighbourhood. King Street at the time was full of great pubs and no bars um, of note. And, you know, and we were just, we were hungry for something different. And we wanted, we're literally, like the old story, well, the true story is we wanted to create a bar that had delicious drinks, poured heaps of whiskey, and that we would serve the food that we drank that we ate when we got hammered, which was KFC and McDonald's, which is why the menu is what it is. Yeah. That's literally the story, and there's nothing behind it. The, the reason why it's a success is because we're fucking really good at what we do. We spent 10, 15 years previous to the, prior to that working in this industry, caring about our industry, and knowing what good customer service was, hating what, where the direction of hospitality was going in the... You know, these fucking theme bars and everything having to have a fucking backstory and service from people who were more interested in fucking knowing what Reagan's Orange Bitters was and the difference between Bocca's Gin and fucking... Like, rather than actually serving the people in front of them. And so we, we hated the whole element of the industry and we wanted just to provide ourselves with our per- well, our perfect bar. Mm. Yeah, we have, we have a real issue with like concepts where people say, oh, it's such a good concept. I'm like, it's not a fucking concept. And like, to the point that even the menu <laughs> and the cocktail list, like, they were not finalized till like a week before we opened. Like, no. we, it wasn't a plan. We just knew because we were, we're actually pretty good at our Are jobs. we making ourselves look like fucking dumb bums who we could just, just sit here going, yeah, we designed this uh, six months <laughs> out and had yeah. this, we had this marketing plan and we've executed yeah. everything. Nah, yeah. man. So we we checked the market and found the burgers were big <laughs> right now. No, we're yeah. winging this yeah. shit. It was, just, it was purely around like we just knew that we were good at our job and we would show people a good time and whatever we were serving them was kind of not the point. Nah. Like yeah. it was, we went, didn't, we chose burgers because we thought they were fashion proof. Like yeah. we we eat them all we eat them when we when we're hung over our pit we finish work at two in the morning we'd get hammered at the pub and get McDonald's on the way home, yeah. and so like that's kind of the, the main so reason. But we McDonald's. also thought that Some of those everyone has a bit of a burger. <laughs> everyone has a burger once a month or at least you know three four times a year. Well, like especially every, if you're a drinker, if you go to a yeah. pub and you, like yeah. if you find yourself at pubs drinking beers, you're gonna find yourself in front yeah. of a burger at and some that was, point. That was the whole reason. <laughs> and then when when we did get 
lucky in the sense is just that burgers became super fashionable. Yeah, super but burgers trendy. became like there's an element to the fact that burgers became super fashionable because of the work that we fucking did in legitimizing it as something Are you worthwhile. Claiming in the the yeah. burger boom in Australia, you're claiming? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> is it a coincidence? Or <laughs> yeah. Jake's pointing at himself. What I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that without Mary's in that role of legitimizing it in a, in the way that we did with great service i think it, it elevated it from a fucking instagram trend to something that was legitimately belonging to hospitality properly mm. like you go across the world there's amazing burgers across the world some of my favorite but you know like the ones that you have to give shout outs in and out burger shake shack right they're fucking shitty places to eat delicious burgers Crap places to eat. Mm. Mary's is a fucking great place to eat. Mm. It's fucking cool. It's the music is great. You know, it's interest full of interesting people trying to give you a level of service. The fucking walls delicious are pretty wine. funny. You know, yeah, there's like there's input on the, there's comedic gold on the walls. Like the reality is like it is different to most burger experiences. When you think of most the best burgers in the country, the majority of them are fucking. Like glorified takeaway joints that are terrible to dine in. Yeah, ours is not. None of our venues are terrible to dine in. They're fun. They're in, they're, they're 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 literally intoxicating. They 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 demand that you sit for more than just a burger and fuck off. Because we don't sell milkshakes, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we don't sell fucking milkshakes. We serve fucking whiskey. So it's a it's a it's a diff- It is a different. Thing. I think that the, what we did was legitimize it in the hospitality space mm. for chefs and restaurateurs and and soms and bartenders where they're like, oh, this is a legit fucking joint. Yeah, this is a bar, this is a venue that take the burger out, would still come and hang out in, mm. and yeah, it just helps at the burger. Do you think that delicious. if you, no matter what food you decided to do in that that last week running up to it, just the fact you you had all the the, the, the things that mattered right, you had good service, music. Um, some food, good booze. Yeah. Do you think whatever food you'd have done would have? Yeah, well, I think worked? we would have maybe found it. We would have found a path. We just weren't like it wasn't set in stone. Is the mm. point? You know what I mean? Like we would have got to what what we were we truly needed or wanted to do. But yeah, I don't. It didn't really matter. Like it was, we welcomed everyone with we open may, arms. And we may not have done what we've done. Like mm. I'm not saying like the, the the burger explosion is a real thing that we benefited from. Though mm. I'm not saying we claim that we created that. You did, but that. <laughs> did it come across? I mean, like that? Did it come across like that? Rewind can, two minutes. We can just get us a know, snippet and be anyone, like, anyone who's listening to this so who knows me, you'll be like, living <laughs> like Jake living down, even though it's not really. Oh, he's, he's yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, that yeah. again. He's talking about the time that he invented the hamburger. So back in '67, when I was at McDonald's, the original. Have you know. seen that movie, The Founder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad. Uh, but yeah, uh, let me ask it. Let me ask then. Like, so for, like once you once you establish Mary's, and we'll move on to some of the other venues in a sec. But like, you you did you did what you did with the with the passion that you were doing it, and with that that sort of ethos behind you, not giving a fuck about the peripheral things, but giving a fuck about what you ca- cared about. Did you? Was there a moment where you were like, "Fuck, we've got people who really care about us now. We've got a community." Like, yeah. did that come into opening the Unicorn or the Lansdowne or these sorts of places where you're like, "We've found our base. We've found our people, and they're gonna quick. they're gonna support us." It was us. pretty quick. I remember, like, I was pretty uh, probably still drunk, not hungover, still. Drunk. I slept there there one night because we used to always hang out for beers after, and I had to be there in the morning because the Rachel who was doing it still does her books coming every Monday morning to do it early like in the eight or nine so I would have to, an and interesting was like time. Yeah. and I was like fucking home so I like and I slept 
there and I walk up and just sort of and you start looking at the I started crying a little bit because it's like like you realized that it it was it was working and it's going to work because you never know I'd had a bar before with a couple of pals in Edinburgh you know and it's like you know I remember we've experienced it since like business can be a slog you know a real Mm. fucking slog and Mary's was like so quickly successful and embraced and just that realization I'm talking like four or five weeks in like it was really early you just like we've done it like (laughs) we've done it like we've not we haven't there's always that fear of buying yourself a job if you start your own business a shit job like so it's um and we hadn't we realized we hadn't done that like we'd done something that was pretty special special for the community you know what i mean like it's Mm. you know like we always say it's very it's it is what it is it's a simple operation but it's it was embraced and it was clearly gonna like be around for the, for the we, t- we we did we nailed some things some simple things where that that were kind of created the the mechanics of what the business being a success i agree with kenny there but we managed we did manage to step outside of it pretty quickly and start seeing it for what it was and then start dreaming up what the future could look like and what was going to be important to us about how we built that and what was going to be the you know what was what was going to be the ethics that guided us and we're both you know, I'm, I'm not sure if this is coming across in this podcast already, but, you know, we're pretty definite folk. You know, we know what we want and we know what we like. And and we we just allowed that to inform us. Um, and and we, we isolated some very key things early on um, that were always going to be, that it was always going to be about the local community, that it was always going to be about what we put in front of them on a day-to-day basis. It was always going to be about a level of service that went above and beyond, not because we had an expectation around it, but because it, we wanted that to define our day to day. We wanted to know. We wanted. We had this saying every every day a little bit butter, you know. And it was just you know every every day you just got to turn up and be that little bit better, you know. Mm. Like just constantly working on what we're doing, even in such a simple operation, and and that's rung true. And it affects not just a service mentality, but also. You know um, who we support and how we to really nail like a simple concept. What what was simple on the front of it? There's Mm. a lot of fucking work goes behind it. Like you you can't just you you couldn't just have two random dudes rock up and open a bar like successful. You guys obviously knew what you were doing. Well, you can, but they fall apart pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like to to have to have that simple service, like like to to have a simple burger, it's got to be really good. Like from your sourcing to your cooking, everything's got to be bang on. Because when there's nothing to hide behind, if the patty's shit, then you're fucked. No one's like your burger. Same, same with service. Yeah. Like staff can be super relaxed and super chill, but only if they they know what they're doing. Otherwise, yeah. they just look shit. Yeah, we always call it like the it's just organized chaos. Mm. You know, you've got to be so fucking. You've got to be organized to a point of you know of of, of militancy, so you can create chaos. It's yeah. the only otherwise, it's just shit. Yeah, it's not yes. it's not chaotic. It's shit. It's, it's not fun chaos that way. No, know? it's Everyone fucking terrible. It's just it's unorganized. You're missing your fries. You've got you, someone. You, you're waiting twenty five minutes for a fucking drink. Mm. Like, no one's having fun if they're fucking waiting twenty five minutes for a drink. No one ever in the history of hospitality. <laughs> but if your fucking waiter's coming over and having a shot with the table next to you and giving you a beer at the same time, you're fucking fine. Yeah, that's, that's the difference. Yeah, we would really get we really got up stuff for the first. The first six to 12 months, just like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Like, you know, if people are waiting for drinks, people, if someone's standing at the bar and they're like, I don't know, checking their phone or talking to someone oh, just dude. came on shift, you'd be like, 
the fuck are you doing? Like, just we're, like, just you got a job to do. We're here to do something. Were staff kind of surprised by that? By thinking maybe they'll come into work at this kind of slapdash. Yeah, but they, um, we don't quickly weeded those ones out. Yeah. Because we had an gr- amazing core team yeah, to start with. Yeah, dream team. Like Louise uh, Dowling, who's now our business partner at um, mm. PMV. We had the, the great and mighty Ty Tate, who's been in and out of the company for a little while. And uh, we had Bruno, who was Ty's Bruno Wicks. No, those those and guys, and, and then the you know Lukey Powell uh, who opened the kitchen with us, you know, and then Johnny and Hendy, the fucking Indo boys, who's who's been there since still there. since they're still there, and and then the you know the 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 people on the on the outskirts, the more casual people, players who, and then, and then you know, or people who came later who filled it in. But those that opening team was fucking amazing. It's a pretty yeah. strong team. It was they amazing. Were doing, they were doing it. They'd have people coming in trial. And I'm like, how are they going in like seven minutes? They're like, they ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> straight was, away. It right. was hardcore. Mm. Like, it was so fucking busy. It was so busy. And we were trying to work our way through this tiny place. We were prepping fucking burgers by hand in there on this fucking two and a half horsepower fucking t- no, bench grind, bench top grinder. And we were fucking doing, you know, like, f- I don't know, like 400, 500 kilos a week out of that joint. It was brutal. It was brutal. Curing and smoking around bacon, fucking breaking down 250, 300 chickens at a time, storing it. Who knows where we did it? I don't know how we got it done. But it was. I was just it, in that kitchen all afternoon. I was just like, what the like yeah. how like, did you do the bridge, it? Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was just one of those things that you'd get a fucking box of chicken in on a fucking Saturday and you'd be breaking them. You know, I'd have to break down 100 chooks between, you know, 2.30 and 4.30, you know, of service but the kitchen's open the whole time i'm just tucked Mm. away in a little corner it was hard man but but this is the thing from that fucking from that like um that that pure place of of struggling and survival you know we knew how we knew that we'd kind of bottled lightning and that we could if we got it right now that we could kind of if we pushed on we could make it we could we could kind of expand that idea it's always about the the idea of honesty if all you're doing is being honest all the time it's like going into a test with all of the answers because you know you never get like stumped yes like what anyone wants yeah. you're just like this is what we do like for us it's there's, there's clear we've never really had many tough decisions like from so we went from mary's to the unicorn very different pubs are very different yeah let's talk very about different. like going into going into unicorn and like I mean, you just managed to lose money for two years, <laughs> but but create an amazing brand and a really and nail down on the experience. Yeah. But even like that, the idea of what it was going to be, I mean, it was a beautiful Art Deco pub on Oxford Street. So we just sort of delved a little bit into the history and just ripped out all the shit that was in there and turned it into a beautiful old Aussie Art Deco pub again. Yeah, and did counter meals and had a pie warmer on the bar top. You know, it took t- took time to, to to took time for people to get it. You know, I think the yeah. people who really got yeah. it were all in Newtown, not in Paddington. And now, like, it's a part of Paddington that is really viciously supported by the locals. Yeah. Like, it's just so stupendously supported by the local community. And we saw that through COVID most recently. Like, it was, we stayed open the whole fucking time. There isn't a, I don't think there was another pub in that area that did that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, well, I'm just going to make the claim. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Not backwards on, it you wasn't. know, oh, go, yeah. go and announce it on a podcast, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, Let's start a podcast war. Tell us about, <laughs> like, I mean, 
if people haven't, if people aren't across the pokies issue, they can go back and listen to the massive episode, the two-hour-long episode Who did you we did about with it. That? I'm interested in, in that. We talked to we talked to fucking I can't even remember. There was a policymaker who called in, and who do we have on the pokies podcast? I forget now. Which is me and Andy. Yeah, but, uh, we had a couple of call-ins. I yeah, can't okay. remember exactly who they were. Um, and we yeah, were- I mean, like you guys went in there. You just said you lost money, and like at the start, and like. You know, obviously, for you, tell us about the decision to just be like fuck pokies, and you know, just tell us about that decision. Let's go. It was just it was a, from the start. It was just never on the table. Yeah. It was just it was we we <clears throat> we said from the start that that would never be something that we believe in. This is the the classic line from 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 us is how do you create community while pulling the fucking stuffing out of another one? Mm. And we're all about creating community. So. How on earth can you sit there in front of me and say, oh, my local pub's about the local community and we do this, this and this, and then you're ripping the fucking heart out of another one. The person next door is fucking, you know, emptying their fucking savings, destroying their children's future unfairly, causing absolute social destruction, pressure on the health department, pressure on the police. Like this, it's untold fucking destruction that these things cause, all for fucking tax revenue, which does not even offset the fucking pressures that it puts on the other parts of the economy that we mm. don't see because it's just easy to play the fucking, to, to shift money around. But the, we, that was our, that's me ranting about why we didn't do it. But the, it was very, the, the clearest thing I can say is that we knew that it was anti-community. Yep. And if it's anti-community, then it's our, anti what we stand mm. for. And uh, it was a very clear decision to never be involved with them. And I tell you, it's never once crossed, crossed my mind. Yeah, of course. Even in the yeah. middle of losing money, you know, mm. month in, month out. It's, what, it's like, you know, all that the sort of social, economic, political sort of like carnage that it causes, like put all that heavyweight stuff aside for a minute. And But what it also just did in the pub community was, one, it took over all the live music rooms, so it kind of decimated that. And two, it just made people not give a fuck about their offering. Yes. It's pretty much the reason why yeah. pub food got so shit. Well, yeah. Because no one cared anymore. They're just 100%. like, oh, just, it's just people just want sustenance and they're going to be in here just giving them money anyway. But it's like, we run a booze and food like operation in a pub and it's fucking tough. Mm. And I tell you, and it's, it's got somewhere now, like what, we, we've been there five years or something? Is it five years? Five years, yeah. And it's like, and, it, and most of it is off the back of We've got a fucking stonking Saturday night there. And like yeah. sort of youth in the area, fucking love it. And it'll be yeah. queued down the street. And that's really what keeps it going. Like it's, pubs are tough. And we try to bring like bar restaurant people into pub world and like fucking broke them. Like just because it's, you know, it's it's not like you turn up to your job at three, you set up, you have staff dinner, then you just pump out service for four hours and you fucking all high five and get pissed and go home. <laughs> that's it's a different like, world. You're in there at 10 in the morning. You still have like four people all afternoon because you don't have pokies so no one's really coming into the pubs. And then you have like slow slog at the start of the week and it's all just making all the money in like a couple of nights. We made a it's habit just, of breaking so fucking many... poor, poor resto chefs. <laughs> you know, who'd come in either at the Unicorn or help out at Mary's Newtown. I'd be like, yeah, okay, come on. They come in from like overseas and they're like, can I get a job for a couple of weeks, you know, while I'm fucking buying the shit? Yeah, I'm always in the shit. Come by. <laughs> and then just like, they'll be like, I'll sign up for three weeks and four days in they're like, bro, I can't do this. It used to annoy me when chefs who were like from a good restaurant would be like, 
Oh yeah, I'll come and help her. They'll be fun. And then you <laughs> just would, raid them so hard that they would just raise them. They're like, "How fun was that?" They're like, "It's not fun at all." They're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Because uh, you know, like yeah. they, you know, like like I said, like they're in, breaking down fucking a hundred chickens next to me in the middle of serving fucking eight hundred burgers. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? In a fucking twelve hour, in a ten hour period, in a fucking kitchen with four people. Mm. That's be That's like tiny, and the numbers are just. They're like, "What? How are you doing this?" And it's like. I'm a fucking hard cunt. And <laughs> yeah. you told me you were too. I'm yeah, fucking, I've got kids go. I need to feed. What are you fucking think I'm yeah. doing? The next thing he's telling is he's coming to help out. It's for money. It's called a job. You can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Not asking true. for a favour. Yeah, exactly. And it was, but there was an attitude of like, oh, it's so cute. You guys are cooking burgers and you're really busy. I like how hard this be. Yeah, listen, they're so good that it fucking takes real time and real energy and real effort. Mm. And that's why it tastes as fucking good as it does, by the mm. way. You know, there's, it's not a fucking, it's not a secret. Great food takes time. Mm. This is why it takes time and it takes energy and it tastes fucking great. Mm. So, so how did, did you guys go about turning pub food into something you were proud of offering whilst breaking down chefs and chickens? Well, and well they, we, we took a couple. It was the first time we managed to take a couple of the staff. The people that have been killing it at Mary's, like we sort of brought them in and a sort of bit of a share at the pub. Mm. Um, old Drew Corbell yeah, Drew the Corbell only chef I haven't broken yet he's still there he's still, still there. there he's got a dodgy ticker but he's still fucking working the oldest cunt in the fucking he's in the, the, in the company he's the guy in the world he's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. meanwhile his heart's just fucking erratic <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah and it's yeah there's a lot of work there as well I mean it's you know you look at the menu it's just again it was like the honesty around it you don't have to make any decisions you're like well, what do you get when you go to the pub you get steak and chips, you get schnitties, mm. you get pies. Like, you're like, this, the, the menu's written for you. Yeah. It just depends what lengths you want to go to to make it good. Um, I made it great. And Jake got that sort of stroke of genius make doing the, uh, what do we call it? The waving schnitty. We always call it like the schnitty with the wing on. So you got the brown and white meat. And it's fucking delicious. Mm. Um, and we make it all in house. You go to like these mass, like some of the, the big f- food people we buy food from me uh they're like oh we've got this like mad mad snitty making we can machine. make we can your make snitty snitty it's like oh yeah can the you? ones oh. that look like a love heart yeah yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. it's like can you can you make them look like a map of australia and once they're telling you they can you just walk off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna move. programming it into the machine right? <laughs> when they start thinking about it and designing it they just fuck off mm. yeah. i remember when i first went to the unicorn it was it was just after you first opened and People had told me that you guys had opened the unicorn. I was like, oh, fuck, this will be interesting. And um, I had the mixed grill. Yeah. You still got the mixed grill fuck, on? No, 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 no one bought it. No one no? bought it. It was yeah. too much waste. No one would buy it. But like, the thing is, is that if I go to a pub now, the only reason I ordered a mixed grill because I know, knew that you guys had the unicorn. Like, mm. I would not have fucking ordered a mixed grill at any other pub. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I'm like, I'm, so it, good. We mixed like grill is dangerous. Yeah, the hospital one. Like, other restaurant owners and shit that would come in. They'd be like, I come here for the mixed grill. Yeah, dude, That's mixed grill is so I, good. We just—it was—it's was, it was, waist heavy. It's hard to put liver on yeah. another part of the menu. You can just, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, use it up. The but mate, it was fucking so delicious. But like, look again, it, you know, the, your punters will tell you what they want, and what they want is fucking—it's real large. They did three hundred and sixty-five schnitties there last week. Yeah. On fucking a limited fucking COVID fucking like <laughs> yeah. 50, people. 50 people at a time. It's fucking bananas. <laughs> it's so good. 
like that's I don't know how many covers we did last week, but you know, like it's a good like third of people having fucking schnitties every day, mm. uh, uh, like which is pretty crazy. Which when you think about, it, you're like, yeah, that's about right. That's what a pub should be. It's that thing of like, it's not like I don't want to fucking like have a fancy food in a pub. Mm. It's fucking pub food. Like schnitties can be so good, but they're just so often done shit. Yes. and pub food is is so like that. Like 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 how like a really well cooked rested steak with chips is fucking beautiful but how often is it just shit in a pub because no one gives a fuck yeah. so it's really it's i mean i'm saying easy in a sense of like if you kind of know what you're doing it's really easy to make that just really tasty and people go crazy yeah. for it but just by you know, and no, I think the hard work though is in spend your time like it's, we put yeah. your time in this like there was a one of the quick lessons we learned at mary's was we used to do if you, if you got there the very very early days we used to do skinny fries or hand cut chips I never fucking delicious, but they were like yeah. people spending hours doing fifty kilos of chips, and you sell out by six thirty. We're like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Mm. And it's yeah, so yeah, we just sucked. we only buy like you know frozen chips, like same at the unicorn. We buy crinkle cut chips, like fuck, they're fucking delicious and they're mm. done right, yeah. salt and pepper, and you put the effort into the the schnitzel or like the salad dread. Like the salad is literally oh, like gosh, just like wedges of uh, iceberg. But the dressing's fucking. With the world's greatest, yeah. You thank me one for that one as well. Um, but the, but like the, I think the work with pubs is to find the right fit. So we worked a long time to find the right steak for our fucking. We call it the daily steak. It's just the, it's the cheap steak. Butthole steak. Yeah, it's called a spider steak. It's a pope's eye. It's a fucking. It's the it's the sphincter basically. And it's it's not the actual sphincter, but so it just got around that. And it's the <laughs> fucking greatest cut. Yeah, it looks like a Wu Tang symbol. Literally does. Look at that. Yeah. So good. I've got a picture of one that looks exactly like <laughs> <laughs> Wu Tang buttholes. <laughs> Wu Tang estate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, like, it took us a long time to find that and get it at a price point that I could put it on a plate and make money. And the customer was getting a pub steak that wasn't a fucking rubbery, you know, um, uh, shitty fucking rump steak from northern Queensland from those Brahmin cross cattle. Yeah. You know, we've got it was from Rangers Valley, you know, this amazing fucking producer, and it was a cut that was affordable. So it was, it was everything that we wanted, and that took fucking ages for us to find. And that kind of time and, and persistence is what makes the difference between a pub and a great pub. Or any venue, and I, because mm. we could have put uh, another great steak on, but it would have had to be five dollars more for the customer. And when you're walking in and you're having to buy a steak at thirty six bucks in a pub, then all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, what? I don't want to pay more than thirty dollars." It just feels uncomfortable, especially mm. with the type of pub we we're trying to open. So look, it, it's when you scratch this, like you said, forward, front facing. It's a simple operation, and all of our operations are pretty simple. But behind it, you've got to work really fucking extra hard yeah. to make mm. sure it hard comes conversations off. with suppliers yeah. to make sure they don't take advantage of you. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll slyly put up the prices all the time, and especially the meat boys because they love it because you know they they'll sell you the the secondary cuts. Mm. Like I remember I used to work at Potenio for like two or three years, and that was a, they did the entrania. I think they still do it, like the inside skirt, and it was cheap when they got it. And yeah. it's like and it was. It, I think it still is probably one of the greatest steaks the I've greatest ever steaks had. I've ever had in my delicious. life but it went from like being like 13, 14 bucks a kilo to that and like the last I had it was like they're selling it to the they're getting sold it for like $38 a kilo and it's like all on the bay, on it. the back of Portia yeah. you're making and it and fucking, yeah, well, exactly. yeah. 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 and we're like like the restaurant can do that so it's like as a hospitality people you're constantly getting 
fucked over by suppliers who are trying to cash in because there's no transparency about yeah. them being a cunt. Mm. It's like, but we can't just turn around and be like, oh yeah, we stakes forty two dollars now because yeah, they just wrapped up the prices and price. we just passed it on to you. <laughs> mm. Like it's you it'll know, be you interesting. Argue, you got to really fight. All the customers appreciate how much, all the shitty conversations we've had to keep the prices down. But I think it's going to be interesting in the next six months because, you know, Kenny, I've been talking about this a little bit with, with the coronavirus hitting and the way that it's going to affect spending on people. I think people's dollars are going to become far more thoughtful than they have been. Mm. And I think all of these decisions will become really very important and become a little more on the front of the punter's mind. Because their yeah. dollar is going to mean more to them. Yeah. So they're going to scrutinize where they spend it. And I really think that v- venues that are well-placed are ones that put their community first and foremost mm. and that they do fight for those things. Yeah, well, building like building a community and building regulars and people, your patrons thinking that they understand what you're about and feeling like they're a part of it, then, then you're supported. If you're just another fucking restaurant that people think all right, I'm in this place, TripAdvisor or whatever Google, like Google restaurants, and then just go to the first place that pops up. Like, it's unlikely that place is going to be awesome and that they're going to return there. You know what I mean? Like, as you said, like making those, making all those hard decisions, all the things you've done in the in, in the lead up and building a community is the thing, is the thing that's going to yeah. also allow people to support you. But we'll get on to, like, let's get on to COVID in a sec because I want to talk about underground now let's uh <laughs> we're gonna throw away time. we're gonna throw away jake's jake's mic cover do you want to talk about underground yeah for sure yeah so yeah. like how underground is awesome i we have me and my mates have a christmas dinner every year where we go and eat steak somewhere and last year it was underground cool. and that was fucking awesome the blue cheese and the onions and yeah yeah, yeah really really good uh You're welcome but <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah. so when um, i first found blue cheese it was surprising i left it so out i left it out for quite onions, a long time <laughs> and i put them in this batter and i fried them <laughs> yeah <laughs> seen everywhere but um <laughs> it's it's a very it's a very unique place now and and I want you to give us an understanding of like how has the Mary's ethos, if you want to call it, I kind of don't like the word ethos for some reason just because of the way it sounds. But um, how, how have you guys, like how did you come about, you know, taking over underground? Like it was a tender process, right? And you had to have probably all your ducks in a row to show the people what you were going to do down there and, and, and bring the music and, and the occasion and the experience into that venue with the – with the thoughtfulness that you have in all the rest of your venues, well, it's a it's a, a complicated subject. It's the underground as you know, know it. You went when you went is no more. Okay, like it's um we that's the word that everyone's using. We had to pivot. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, we pivoted before COVID. Yeah, before we'd COVID, actually we'd actually was, did made the decision. That it was it wasn't working. It was one of these learning curves. It was again. beautiful, and we're very proud of what I we did there. It was so sick. I think it's best nights there, but it was just. It didn't land in the way that we thought it would. It's, it's, and that's okay. Sydney's, Sydney's pretty Can't conservative. And it's like, you know, the, the people that we, we try to sort of transcend our brand, if you want to call it that, into into that world, which is a world where we're pretty comfortable with. Like, we're pretty, like, we never would get overly dressed up, but we're pretty comfortable in a two-hat restaurant, whatever. 
Um, and we sort of try to bring... Very comfortable in a two-hat restaurant wearing whatever <laughs> the fuck you Try to bring our shit. world into that world. So it was, fun, it was fun as hell. <laughs> and it was like, and the food was delicious and the service was great and the wine list is like out of control. And, you know, you just very quickly find out that the people who loved it and loved having that amount, that, that amount of fun and it being that loud, like, um, like they would, they'd come once a year. Yeah. You know, they, they couldn't afford it. And the people that can afford to eat like that twice a week, once a week, once a month, whatever, it's a little bit loud for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was okay. just, so we kind of just sat in that middle. So, I mean, it's, it's not, as in it's like open every night and it's no longer, that's the case. But it's still a living and breathing thing. We, we'd quickly had, we had already changed to just going very much more like live music and shows and, we'll do, and events. So we can do like, if people want to have a band on and have a dinner, like book the thing, like done. Like, so you can still recreate that. Yeah, and we, we might like, actually put on our own nights. It'll be like, you know, the Mary's Underground of old and get the old bands in and do the, like, things off the old menu, like the rotisserie duck or whatever you want. Like, it's still, like, can live in that world. But it's, yeah, we just quickly found that it's, you know, it was, we don't want, we think it, it's a scary thing and you're sort of scared of failure. But you're like, the last thing you want to do is sit in a big pile of fucking debt thinking how dumb you were that your pride stopped you <laughs> yeah, from pride. just making these decisions that you knew were for the best. And it was very clear. Like the, the punters told us what they wanted and there was not enough of them that fucking wanted to be there every mm. week. And that's yeah. okay. And the reality is we, we were also like when we, when we kind of after Christmas, we kind of regrouped and we're like, okay, so it's going to be a long push forward from here to next Christmas where we made money, you know, like but where, what are we going to do? And, and uh, there was a very, honest conversation within uh within the 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 group and it was literally what are our strengths are what's the industry calling out for and more live music venues was it and they wanted people wanted the live music but they didn't want to necessarily dial, dial in we had an overflowing booking calendar from the lands i'm like fuck let's just turn this into a hundred percent live music venue yeah okay and mm. so and but also the beauty of that space was we were able to book things in i think james morrison was booked in for two nights to do a full sit down meal you know, like the... the Such but, a cool venue. Yeah, like Amazing. like we were doing, but people were actually buying tickets to see this person and getting dinner as a part of it um, and rather than the onus always being on the restaurant to bring people in and, and the, the, re- the, the, the entertainment to be, for, you know, paid for out of the, the restaurant. Mm. Which mm. was, you know, like I said, it was a great idea. We tried our fucking hardest. It was a great time. And it was some of the best meals I've ever had. Uh, and the people have a, a bit like a better time. Dude, we had a such a good time. Yeah. Like, like. People had some people on some of their faces. Like they've never had a better night out in a restaurant. Yeah, dude. Like for sure. But it's, it was just too soon, or is it something you guys would, would revisit that concept? Because it kind of does hark, hark just, back to that very classic. I think Sydney's is too overly cons- like I. I'm not from I'm from Scotland, obviously originally, but I wasn't. Mm. From, I'm not from Edinburgh. But I lived in Edinburgh for ten years. And Edinburgh's a bit similar. It's too conservative for certain things. Mm. Like things that would work in Glasgow or things that would work in, I don't know if it would work in Melbourne, but like working in, in another city in the world, it'd be fucking to be beating the doors down. I think if it was, a, think if that, if I think if it was in a different part of town and it wasn't as big, the overheads weren't as large, mm. then it, we could, you could, yeah, you could okay. give it another shot. Mm. If that was a 50-seater, you know, and you, were, and you knew you were in a part of town where people were going to travel for, for it yeah. and that experience then yeah you're 100% because your overheads are just so different it took a lot it was a big venue it took a lot to open the doors yeah. every day yeah. in that model so that was the major thing if we could have yeah. somehow 
put an elastic band and shrunk down the operating costs of that venue and not been in the fucking circular key, mm. um, then yeah, for sure. I think the model would have worked for, like I said, 50 people, more intimate shows, it would have fucking crushed it. But, you know, it, it, we did it the, at the same time, it wouldn't have had the romance of it being the old basement. But the, you know, the, that's, that's what we fucking went for and it just, it didn't mm. come off and, oh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. The things that you probably We're touched now, on in your other podcast was like the... Like, you know, the, the pressure, and we've always done this, I and mean, this is not a bullshit statement, but the pressure, cause the spotlight on hospitality companies to be paying their staff, right? Yeah. You know, and also in living in live music world and us wanting to make sure that artists were getting paid, like, yeah. you know, I've been very much supporters of, like, people not giving their art away for, art away for free. And we're like, we'll back that all fucking day, and then the community just has to rally around us and get the money coming through the doors, and that's just, that's where it just sort of faltered, because... It, it was so expensive to run. Yeah, I have to yeah. run a, a restaurant. Like, you know, coming out of this post-COVID, there's a lot of talk about where, where fine dining sits because how can you afford to run restaurants that even at the prices they were charging their labor bills like 40% plus yeah. a week? Like, we were, we were there plus entertainment, you know, plus everything. And you try and pass and it's the a hard venue to sort of manage, right, in yeah. a service. Like, it's big and it's sprawling and, like, there's yeah, a lot of distance between bars and tables. And venues like that, you have to yeah. staff it as if it's going to be full or close to most nights because yeah. you don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And yeah. when you're not, so, you just take a bath. Yeah. You know, and that, 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 you know, that Tuesday, Wednesday, if it doesn't fucking hit the numbers you need, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah you which lose, is... You lose 10 grand that week and you go, oh, great. Mm. Thank you so much. And then what, what's it come down to? It comes down to Monday, Tuesday, not firing. And you think about where Sydney's been in the last five years, you know, it's not been in a great place to support fucking diners, uh, restaurants on, on Tuesday, Wednesday nights of that scope. Mm. Like, because we've learned a lot of lessons but uh, through it. But the, the important thing for me is we learned our lesson before fucking COVID. And we'd had like, we'd had it booked in. You know, we had, for, we'd, we'd just finished our third weekend of shows down there, you know, under the new model when we got shut down. And we'll go back. We'll, we'll fucking plug away and make sure that it, it, it it's it's a, a viable live music space as long as our fucking landlords yeah. come to terms with the fact that we can't pay <laughs> the it. fucking rent. That, that we really can't. Yeah. Have you guys had much experience? What happened in your part of the world with with landlords? Um, t- varying. Um, some uh, some have been very good. Um, I'll try not to talk about my direct experience too much. Well, maybe listen. Uh, I'm interested. One, one, one was great, one less so. Um, okay. And most people, I've got friends who own four bars now in Wollongong, and some of their places were council owned, some were in part of the kind of the mall, GPT, and then rent got just, just waved straight away. Um, other people. Council owned? Yeah, so it was, it was the old, my friends have a bar in the old uh, Births and Marriages building. Um, and it's still owned by council, so they're renting directly from council. How is that? So, mm. so they got it. Um, I'm pretty sure they got it. Didn't get into that fucking council rent. Uh, yeah, and, and other things. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there was there was varying things. Shit. Yeah, I'm fucking paying <laughs> shit. <on the laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Go Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, there wasn't enough support from the government for things like that straight away. So the onus was put on landlords who, you know, yeah, they're going to lose money, we're losing money. So it was about kind of sharing the sharing the load of it, and I think. Some landlords did that and some didn't. Yeah, um, it really comes down to it in a lot of aspects. It's yeah. like the make or break for a lot of businesses right now. Because I don't, oh, I yeah. honestly don't understand. I know what it's taken for us to get through. Mm. And I honestly do not understand like how 50% or more can do it. Mm. Like literally, like in terms of the, 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 that timeline of what happened. So you shut, everyone knew March was looking a bit iffy. So everyone held off paying February invoices. Yeah. You still ordered, but you get to, we got to the right the end of March. So then in April, you got to pay all of February and all of March. 
And then if you do any fucking PYG and super quarterly, oh, yeah. then you've got pay all the invoices for February, March, and all of that in like April. Like, and, and, and it was, how the fuck? Yeah. Well, and it, it was, it's impossible. And that's the reality of hospitality. You're always that month behind. Like, yeah. and like everything's been, been on credit and you're paying and you're paying and paying. So as soon as you stop, it's not like, okay, cool, we're, we're right here. It's like, oh, and everything's like coming, a, it's like fucking the, slamming behind It's like you. the train at the front yeah. you know in those cartoons and all of a sudden they're boom, boom, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom, they start yeah. piling up on each mm. other I think and it is what it's like you know like Kenny said I, I, we know what it's taken financially for us to come through this period and I don't know how so many people are going to fucking I know that well, people aren't I, I think, think come, come December it's going to be a very different landscape that we're sitting mm. in and I think if people a lot of people have got their rent postponed um, which is like great it's a very short term solution but come you know six months time when Everyone's paying 125, 150% rent. That's going to really well, sneak, exactly. that's gonna sneak up on hospitality. And I guess that's when you're going to see, especially the, unfortunately, when, the failures. As, the especially when, yeah, especially when, like, when the consumer spending drops too. Yeah. You know, when discretionary spending, which is why it goes back to my point earlier. You know, like, I think the, the venues that are best positioned to weather through this are ones that have a natural community that care yeah. because of the goodwill and the. And the social capital that they've built mm. in together, yeah. And you I, know, and without those things, if you're just a, if you're a venue of convenience or of pure experience, you're going to struggle. Yeah, just ne- the, you need to be a, a venue that has a natural community that that you are not going to drop off the fucking radar of. Yeah, at the same rate as your the fucking difference between spending. like someone's built-in spending. Like I know every week I'm going to spend money at like couple of my favorite bars like that's like built into my personal budget yeah but got going, one three hundred dollar yeah. withdrawal a week yeah 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 <laughs> but like going, going to that yeah, how much is it in Wollongong on a Friday night at about 11 o'clock like, yeah. three hundred and fifty dollars on a Friday I don't know this is my this is my yeah. built in spending so, well, they'll, they'll make me pay my tab eventually and I'll be fucked <laughs> um yeah alright well we're on to COVID um which question do I start okay firstly I'll start with what was it like standing down staff? Like, and for guys who give a fuck as much as you guys do and build a, a, a family, for lack of a better word, of staff. And um, yeah, like, how was that experience? And what have you guys done about supporting them? It was harrowing. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Forget professional, um, just in my, in my entire in my entire world, it was so difficult. Um, you know, it's been it was, it was it was made more difficult by the certain decisions that the government made, like making the onus on the bringing people back on JobKeeper around us. That was difficult because we knew um, that we couldn't bring everyone back just because the government said it wasn't an well, entitlement. Yeah, we, we didn't like we didn't know we we, we got a really mm. we got our hopes up that we could really help people out. So you're like. You know, we've got, there's no job for you right now, but it, all this news is coming out. We'll be in touch, and then over this, the, the next sort of couple of weeks, we're like, we can barely bring anyone back. Mm. Like it's just, it's impossible because it that so idea fiscally irresponsible for us to kind of just go. Oh, yeah, we're going to pay everyone seven hundred fifty bucks who can, just because you know, like because because the government says it's in time. It's like no, we've still got a fucking. This is a business. We don't exist. And you've just been cleaned out. There's no yeah. money, and then you got a bankroll effectively what is the doll you know what i mean like it's there it's like that we had a lot of conversations with it and uh with our business partners obviously because it was a one of those the toughest times you'll ever go through and it was it was very much like centrelink got overrun so the quick snap decision was let's just make the businesses do it for us 
Yeah. Like we'll we'll, their we'll sort it out. Yeah. But they'll do it all. They'll do the one touch payroll. We'll we'll just get the information and send the money out, and they deal with the we'll deal with the queues. Like that's kind of what it felt like. And it kept the unemployment numbers off their books. Yeah. You know, which is a positive thing for Australia in the long term. You know, because of the way that the the international markets will recover. You know, we'll look like we've come through it in a way that we really haven't. Mm. But you know, from the externalities of it, people will just look at the numbers and go, "Oh, we never got over twelve percent unemployment." Where you know the United States is at eighteen. It'll come though, and it's like I started hearing they're like they're using statistics because normally it's about unemployment, or whatever. And it's always a bit vague, but they start looking at numbers of. Who's paying PUYG tax and watching, like, and whatever you call it in different parts of the world, but watching those numbers plummet. Like, yeah. that's a sort of real mm, way of yeah, seeing. Because right. everyone's going to yeah, do a like job, these... you're paying tax. But it's like, and if this lets you see who stops paying tax, and yeah, that's a yeah. sort of really quantifiable metrics and yeah. Yeah. identify these problems. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's still to come. Like, you know, hospitality was one of the first to go. It'll be. Well, we want to last to come back, but there's still, you know, construction's going off its fucking tits right off now. Off its tits. And, like, and the government's like, oh, let's put more people in job. Let's build all this. Let's build, 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 mm. build. And who's going to be buying these fucking apartments in 12 months' time when you're already predicted that mm. the property market's going to, like, the floor's going to fall out of it? So it's like, then we're, then they all got to do There used to be, like, waves of unemployment through mm. industry. And well, it's, it's, a, it's a great... I, I find it strange that they're deciding to try to pump it into the fucking housing sector when it's already overblown. You know, this is a... That policy is absolutely nuts, man. They should be building You've got to spend 150 nation. grand. <laughs> Who are the people that have 150 grand lying around to renovate their house? They're people with fucking... Yeah. That aren't working. Yeah. They're fucking retirees who already have it. They don't need it. Yeah, who don't need it. Yeah. And I know the, the aim is to get the fucking tradies working so that they're still spending money. But the reality is... still going well. And my mate just started a building company like earlier this year and he was shitting himself to start with it's like that's nah, been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like work's yeah. still going. People still paying their bills mostly. Like, we'll see. It's such an opportunity for the country to rebuild itself. I, I feel like we've spoken about it a bit, you know, in our little um, and between Kenny and I. But in like, there was a sense, very real sense to me, that the future was just being thrust upon us with no real. Well, we, there was a really very reduced sense of agency around what our future would look like as a community, as a society, as individuals even. And, you know, what I kind of... I was talking to someone the other day, I coined the, the, the great exhalation. Mm. You know, we all we all had a moment to fucking breathe the fuck out. Mm. And, you know, part of that is that when you breathe in, it's new life. You're getting to fucking... You have to breathe back in and, you, you know, you breathe that new life back in and we can create something that's bigger and better and more bold and more beautiful than we had before because... And I think that's the big thing that's coming. It's come away from us is I'm able to. I feel a renewed sense of agency about what my future personally can be and will look like. Mm. And I think that if we can walk out of this, to you know, as a group, as a as a society, with that renewed sense of purpose around creating the society and the future that we believe in, and that is possible, then that's a wonderful thing to come out of a fucking very horrible time. Mm. Well, it's just that thing that everything is possible. Like anything is possible now, and when you're moving at such a pace, it's terrifying to th- like take the taxation from pokies, for example. The government would shit their pants if you know if that was just to disappear, and it's disappeared for a moment here. Well, let's say something happened 
where it had to disappear. Yeah. They'd find another way and they'd yeah. fucking just get on with life. The same way as like if we had to, you know, if just beef was banned tomorrow, we didn't have to sell, couldn't sell burgers, we'd find something else to fucking sell. Like, you know, yeah. We like, would buy a lot more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but the world will just, you know, it's, we always, yeah. we speak about it in, te- in the hospitality sense a lot when, you know, the people got really integral roles to your business, whether it's a group position or just within a venue. And, you know, they're terrified to quit because they're like, oh, what's this place going to be like without me? It's like, I'll tell you what it's going to be like. Exactly the fucking same, just you're not going to be here. Yeah. Like, the world just continues to turn. Like, you you, you just get on with things. Yeah. People like, are adaptable. Governments are yeah. very fucking adaptable as much as they act like they're not. Yes, and um, now everything's, po- everything's it's, possible. It's interesting to see how quickly people are already adapting because nightlife and dining isn't the same place that it used to yeah. be. Like, if you want to go... I'm trying to get a table for Saturday night in Wollongong. I'm going to his place at 10.30 and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go for dinner. Yeah. And And... Fuck, now I've learned I've got to be organised. Make a booking. Turn up to your booking. Be organised. Know where you're going to go. Fuck, it's not that hard. We were fucking spoiled. Like, we were so spoiled. Like, we were lazy and we were spoiled in the Western, in Western society. In, this, in, like, in, in Australia, we have been so fucking blessed and it is, our blessing has dulled us into a sense of fucking absolute stupidity. We have just been bludgeoned. Giving one-star reviews because you yeah. couldn't get a reservation. Absolutely. <laughs> Blood, fucking bludgeoned idiot. to death by our own yeah. fucking luck. Our blind luck, which we claim. We claim the luck of Australia as young people. Mm. We didn't fucking build this country. You know, we, you know it, it's an insane fucking proposition to just sit around making claims on the, and, and being so entitled to things that we didn't build. And you know the the you know the chickens have come home to roost, man. And now it's time to wake up and fucking take responsibility for these things. I thank thank you to the local fucking restaurant that you loved and you always took for granted and never tipped enough. Mm. And what happens when they're fucking gone for four weeks and you have to fucking eat your own shitty cooking and you're making the world's most terrible bread you know <laughs> following some cunt yeah. on instagram is fucking claim the fames around fucking swearing and not you know don't use canned tomatoes or whatever <laughs> you, invented oh, swearing. Fuck, you, know? <laughs> you know like and, and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i really thank god for my local fucking bistro yeah mm. Because they cook for me, and yeah, I'm gonna leave a bit more of a. T- We've been fucking yeah. spoiled to a point. I hope it's like and instead of being insanity. like gone down in he- history as what potentially could be a depression, it just goes down as the great humbling yeah. of society. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone, everyone has got humbled, That's great. Everyone. and everyone is like, everyone just shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, that idea of you know, like at, at underground, like like we said, we always have to have at least seven staff on, mm. and whether ten people came in or fifty, it made no difference because you couldn't just have one person on. Because you'd get terrible reviews yeah. if someone yeah. had to go to the bar and order a drink. Yeah. Like, because they're that fucking spoiled. They're like, oh, this is not like yeah. the last time. It's like, well, we can't just afford to burn money so you don't have to get up yeah. off your chair. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's insane. The, over everything that we've talked quite a lot about, the, the good things that might come out of this and the change hospitality is going to make. And I think a lot of this is going to come from customers just, just being a bit more appreciative and being a bit more understanding. Because most of the and things. Less that, entitled. Well, listen, yeah, because most of the shitty things in hospitality come down to. To those kind of issues and and yeah. you do things and, and things that everyone does is normally to, to try and negate that so whether it's like you know trying to venues who try and please everyone by having this fucking ludicrous size menu and or, you know turn the music up and down which each customer says or turn the fucking air conditioning down it's like it's always to try and please someone because that's what the, that's the game we're in yeah but I hope it gets so, to a point like humanity shows that humans have got very Short memories. Yeah. Like, people go to Germany on holiday all the time now. You go to clubs in Berlin and hang out. Like, it's uh, a beautiful it's place. Like, it's, you know, just, yeah. I'm joking, but obviously, but it's, yeah, the world has definitely got a short memory. Like, and, but I, I hope, I don't know, like, this generation 
as much as they get scolded for it by the bloody yeah, by on, the but, boomers. But I think the... you're right there, Kenny. But but there's a secondary point to what you're making, which is that Germany wrestled with what had happened, and they resolved a lot of the fucking problems that they like they, they they made reparations. Their police. I was reading something this morning about the policing system in the in the in Germany. They have to sit through like so over several years. Like um, uh, they they do they they look at the history of German policing. The, the rise of Nazism, the what they do, like, and they, they do cultural sensitivity courses, they're IQ tested before they come in, they're mm. personality tested to make sure that they're fit for uh, the policing style. And it's basically all around uh, minimization and uh, de-escalation, mm. which is the, the cornerstone and the fundamental, like what upholds their policing st- system now, which is... Uh, in direct response to something that they deeply remember, and they've, and so they, whilst you know that people have forgotten, I um, love Berlin. I've, I've never been. I've heard the most amazing things about Berlin. But I'm in love with the idea of Berlin and what it stands for nowadays, mm. and the support of the arts, etc. But the reality is, like, there is a deep remembrance to really important moments, and I think we can have that collectively yeah, I mean, right now about they, they have shaping to what tear we do. all their systems down and start again. Yeah, and, and they've got. Well, we told them. We told them for. And they basically had to. <laughs> and, and they had mm. the money, but then they, you know, went on quite quickly to have some high, very high living standards. Yeah. and one and, and, of you know world's best economies. Yeah, by, by by looking at everything, taking it down, and being like, oh, like let's not celebrate that. Let's remember it. Absolutely. Move it to side. Let's not forget. But let's that, move on. And from that's it. and hopefully it's what we're staring down the barrel of. And it's you know before all this shit hit the fan, like this this generation that was saying it's gets scolded, like the Greta Greta Thunbergs and stuff of this world, like. They seem to be more um, like striving for a different world more than any other. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, look at this. You could argue sixties and say, like, they were they were always pushing boundaries, whatever. But it's, I don't know. It seems to be on a much wider scale. It's mm. politically, it's environmentally, it's socially. There it's were pockets racially, before. There were little pockets, whereas yeah. it's, it seems to be a far more global push. Yeah. That's that's that's. You just th- get the fuck out of their way. Like yeah, the fact yeah, that these like eighteen year old fuckers ruling countries. Just get the fuck out of their way. Yeah, like the, the, the pre- presidential today. election this oh, year in the United States. You know, seventy six year old and seventy seven year old. If my Uber driver was seventy. I'd get the fuck out. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's crazy to think. Well, I mean, what seventy-seven? So what? We're talking 80, um, 81, 82 at the last year of the the next term. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. and that's and that's the most powerful position in the world. Like, oh, eighty-two-year-old yeah. people it's with a cluster yeah. holding and the steering like, wheel. Looking yeah, yeah, at, still looking at, not yeah. letting go. There was a time when they were forced to let go of the wheel, and that was a very positive thing for the people coming through because new ideas could penetrate. And now the you know the reality is we're living with old people's ideas on what young people want and what yeah. they need and what's good for the no. future. They, no. Have no, they don't have a future. Their future's so close to the fucking end that it matters yeah. zero. Why mm. should they be making decisions? You know, like my 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 daughter, she's seven. Her future is worth more to the world than mine is because I'm closer to death. Mm. It's just fucking. It's just fact. Hi, just upstairs. Someone trying to find the rooftop at the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Keep it all quiet. Yeah. This is yeah. political talk. All right. <laughs> let's let's pivot because you just mentioned upstairs and we've got to wrap it up. But um tell us what's going on upstairs. Let's quickly finish it off. I mean We opened it's, a it's, fucking rooftop yeah. bar in the middle of winter in the, in the middle, p- of middle of lockdown. Middle of a pop- pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean And it's sick. adaptation. And it went off. <laughs> yeah, and it's busy. So you opened like, like this week though, like Three weeks, ago. three weeks oh, three ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we only opened Tuesday, Wednesday this week, which has been a complete oh, okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. Wednesday. But um, no, we're open Wednesday to uh, Thursday to Sunday upstairs. 
and it's been fucking heaven. Awesome. It's been so great. It's been so good. What was we that had, space before? Was this anything else? There's up, a hostel up? above us um, and that was kind of there for them. They had like their sort of communal kitchen and washing machines and shit upstairs. It was never licensed for booze. No, it was. we had a couple of pies up there when we weren't selling booze like for like brand pies and stuff where there was, you know, they were just giving away booze essentially and uh, uh, Jakey's mother-in-law got married up there. Um, but we... But it got licensed. It got and it got pushed through really quickly because it was all about like, um, pro, like what is it? It's like historic, historical use. Historical yeah. use because it had always been used as part of the building. They couldn't really say no. Like if it was up there just full of AC machines and it was like just dead pigeons and you would just go like, we're going to fit this roof out now and stick people on it. They'd be like, nah. But historically, it always been. It was always a floor on the plan it was a usable part of the building it just wasn't licensed so you just like just wanted to get the the boundary extended and it got it went through quite quickly nice yeah looking forward to summer up there man it's fucking great today like to be honest it's 20 degrees in sydney today and there's not a cloud barely a cloud in the sky it's fucking glorious fingers crossed it said it says between i looked at the weather forecast this morning this is like our life now just always looking at it it's (laughs) like okay it's sunny all day raining between six and eight dinner time worse than you fucking surfers Let's yeah. <laughs> see. Yeah, we put, we started a thing called the Turf Report, which we get all put, out, put out every day to let everyone know if we're, if we're yeah. open or not. Yeah, but it's, it's 69 great. degrees out there, Kenny. Some guy commented on it. And he's got, I put it, it was like 69 degrees Celsius. Like, you never believe it. Guy goes, I'm only coming when it's 666 degrees. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking loser. Sweet. So Mary's burgers and beers upstairs. Yeah, man. At it's the a fucking, it's, Ma- it's Mary's on a rooftop. Yep. It's a simple thing. We've done a lot of music festivals now, and it's it's got that backstage festival vibe. It's cool. Yeah, cool. It's nice. It's a bit quieter than well, apart from that, you hear the buses, but we've got we've got a we don't have any sound because we're not allowed sound. Just something about sitting on a rooftop. Yeah. Don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's nice. just like you're like, yeah, cool. Rooftop. Yeah, there's a lot. There, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not from Sydney, but there's not that many f- really casual places on rooftops. Nah, that you can't find. Or with a bar Gigi. in it. Like, yeah. There's a few that you can sit on a roof, and you got to go downstairs for a bar. To actually have the bar there yeah. is actually quite... Because a, a few couple of pubs on King Street have rooftops, but I don't think the bar's on no, the No, they're roof. not allowed to, I think. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Um, guys, anything else you want to Yeah, we launched about? a fucking podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk about your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we'll have you guys on, and we'd like to ask some questions from you guys in the future. Is that cool? Yeah, Mate, yeah, we, sure. we do so much question asking, it'll be bloody relief. Yeah, I'd love to. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> anyway, our podcast called The Fat. You can find it on um, our YouTube channel, which is Mary's TV. And uh, also on Spotify and uh, and Apple Podcasts, but yeah, we're just talking to bands and um, uh, and uh, and chefies and and, and winemakers and just anyone who's interesting. And we try to do a similar thing to you guys, just let it, ask mm. a couple of conversations, let the let it go. So we did this empty room sessions, which is uh, spawned from the fact that we, no one could come into the music venues. So we have band, the, the the life that'll sort of lead from now on will be like the bands. Will play. They come and play even during soundcheck once that world starts to come alive again. Mm. So they do a little three four uh, uh, song set, and we film that. And That's then they awesome. Come and we'll interview. Yeah, them. we yeah. fell yeah. in love sick. with YouTube ourselves yeah, personally, and then we're like, "Fuck, we should start a channel because we've got all the fucking bands and the all the stuff right there." And um, you know, then COVID happened. That's we're like, "Let's just fucking get it done." And we wanted to come up with something here. that. That would reference COVID, but then be ongoing. So That's awesome. bands who play here or at Mary's Underground, um, we'll we'll start hitting them up to start doing 
you know, they'll do the empty room session. Uh, That's so sick. Filming as a part of their sound check. Yeah, do cool. a podcast with them, then they get on stage and play their fucking show Amazing. to their punters. So, welcome. Yeah, we're excited. Welcome. You got them there. Yeah. Get, get yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hopefully, from this podcast, maybe we'll have more than one listener, which is me. <laughs> That's listening to the sound Jump of my on. voice. Yeah, Jump I got to sleep to it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet you do. Fuck off. <laughs> you can't. Get involved. Uh, all right. Guys, uh, let's leave it there. If anyone out there wants to get in touch with us, the Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, all the rest of it. Jake, Kenny, Mary's Unicorn, Lansdowne, PNV, Rooftop, Mary's Underground, Cheers, all the rest man. of it. Guys, Thanks. thank you so much for joining us. It's been Thanks an awesome guys. chat. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for thinking thank of us. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 